Hello and welcome. This is 21. Episode 6.2 Resurrection Last week we introduced the sixth wonder on our list, the Terracotta Army. The army of pottery warriors that was created by the first emperor of China, Shi Huangdi. This army was created to guard his elaborate tomb and help him conquer the afterlife. Shi Huangdi had just unified the many different states in China, becoming the first emperor of what would become one of the greatest empires in history. As such, he ordered one of the most elaborate tombs ever built for himself. But the new emperor was no fool. He knew that this tomb would be loaded with treasures and would be a prime target for enemies of his new regime. In an effort both to conquer the afterlife and protect his tomb, Shi Huangdi ordered the construction of the Terracotta Army. Last week, we looked at the what, the when, and the why of the Terracotta Army. So that leaves us with only two questions remaining. How and what happened? But before we get to the what happened to the Terracotta Army, we first need to look at how these soldiers were made. This was a difficult question for the Chinese when their emperor brought this to them. These soldiers had to be made out of a material that was both cheap and plentiful, and yet durable. Metal was obviously the first option to consider, as it was the most durable substance in the ancient world. But for the Chinese to mine enough metal for more than 8,000 lifelike statues probably would have taken decades, if not longer. Metal is also expensive by nature. So metal was a no-go. You'd be way over budget if you went with metal. Wood was another option, as unlike metal, it was cheap and also plentiful. But even in the ancient world, they knew that wood, unless carefully preserved, would begin rotting, disintegrating, and falling apart within a few years. So wood was out. That really only left one option, clay. But it couldn't be just any clay. The clay needed had to be both strong and sticky, so that when the soldiers were assembled, they wouldn't just fall apart before they were fired. Fortunately for Shi Huangdi, such clay was plentiful in the area around where he chose for his tomb to be. Plenty of creeks and slow-moving water provided the perfect place to harvest the clay. Workers began harvesting the clay and filling up molds to create the warriors. As we mentioned last week, though, all the soldiers were different, including facial expressions, hairstyles, armor, and weapons. This has led historians to believe that each of the soldiers were modeled after different soldiers in the Imperial Army. Frankly, I would consider this to be an honor if I was a soldier in the Imperial Chinese Army. The Emperor had chosen me not only to guard his tomb in the afterlife, but to conquer the afterlife itself. And this didn't include having to be buried alive. Each soldier was made in pieces and then assembled. Molds were made out of wood, and then the clay stuffed into them, almost as if the Chinese were making bricks. 
The legs, arms, head, and torso all had their own molds, and were each made separately and then joined together to form the soldiers. This was definitely the most effective and efficient way to make the soldiers. If each soldier was made one at a time, it would have taken longer than the 40 years it already took them to create the terracotta army. But by making the warriors in pieces, the workmen who made the terracotta army were able to mass-produce them. The personalization of the warriors most likely came after the soldiers were already molded and put together, but before they were fired. Some of the pottery workers may have been good with faces, while others were better at fabric and armor, and others better at hairstyles. Each soldier got its own unique features. And the uniqueness of each soldier demonstrates the incredible skill of the ancient Chinese pottery workers. But once they were assembled, firing them would prove to be another challenge. No kiln around was big enough to fire a life-sized man, never mind the horses. But again, the Chinese found a unique solution to this problem. The weather in central China can be highly volatile incredibly cold at night, and very warm during the day. Thus, molding the clay in these conditions would have been nearly impossible for the Chinese. Clay needs fairly stable temperatures in order to remain pliable. So to solve this problem, the Chinese dug caves into the mountains around where they were working. Inside the mountains, the temperatures would fluctuate very little. But then these caves became perfect kilns to fire the completed warriors and horses in once they were assembled. Once enough warriors were ready, the workers would light incredibly hot fires in the caves and then seal the entrance until the firing process was complete. By firing the soldiers in such a way, the Chinese were able to rapidly fire the completed warriors in bunches rather than having to try and do it one at a time. While the warriors today look like their clay bases, they did not like that when they were first completed. Each warrior would have been painted to look as lifelike as possible. This would have been an incredibly important detail for the emperor in the afterlife. He would need to recognize his soldiers, or else he may not be able to find them. So they were painted to look like the soldiers currently serving in the imperial army. The completed terracotta army must have been glorious to look at. Lined up in battle formation, painted and armed with bronze weapons, the terracotta army was a beauty that the world has not seen before or since. It is estimated that it took the Chinese about 40 years to complete the terracotta army. It's highly possible that it took the Chinese even longer to build the army than it did to construct the actual tomb for Shi Huangdi itself. Upon its completion, though, the tomb of Shi Huangdi and the Terracotta Army were two of the most impressive structures ever attempted. Nowhere else in history that we know of has something even remotely similar been tried. We have now covered the what, the why, the when, and the how of the Terracotta Army. That leaves us with the final question. What happened to it? 
Why did the Terracotta Army disappear from history for almost 2,000 years? Something as unique as the Terracotta Army could have been the center of historical focus in Asia, much like the pyramids are in Egypt. But instead, the opposite happened. But that is exactly what the Emperor wanted. Unlike the majority of wonders on this list, the Terracotta Army and the Tomb of Shihuangdi have received almost no attention at all from the historical record. While we may not know the exact reasons why, we can make an educated guess that this happened for two reasons. The first is that Emperor Shihuangdi did not want people to find his tomb and desecrate it. This was a difficult problem that the rulers all over the ancient world struggled with. The pharaohs of Egypt tried to stop grave robbers and desecrators by building pyramids or hiding their tombs in caves. Other cultures would alter the course of a river, bury their leader and his treasure in the dried bed, and then redirect the river back into its normal course. But as we mentioned last week, Shi Huangdi had only recently united the country and there was still a lot of animosity. So the emperor ordered his tomb to be built underground. Once it was completed, he ordered that it be covered with dirt, trees, bushes, and other natural elements to hide it. Then he ordered the architects who designed it, the workers who worked on it, and anyone else who knew where the tomb was to be killed so that the exact location of the tomb would be a secret. Now, whether or not such drastic measures were taken, we do not know. But it seems like it would have been in character for Shi Huangdi. Then again, it also seems out of line with what he was trying to do, which was unite the country. It seems to me like the last thing you'd want to do is kill off a bunch of your workers after you've just made everybody one, but who knows. The second possible reason as to why there is almost nothing about the tomb of Shi Huangdi or the Terracotta Army in the historical record is that the Qin Dynasty did not last more than a year after the first emperor's death. He died in 210 BC, and less than a year later, China was back at war. The emperor's son, Hu Hui, was 21 when he took the throne, but would reign for less than a year. And after about eight years of civil war, a new dynasty would rise to power. The Han Dynasty would last for about 400 years. And by that time, the memory of the violent, ruthless first emperor of China, his tomb and all, had passed from memory into legend. But that legend would come back to light almost 2,000 years after the emperor was buried. On March 29th, 1974, two farmers were digging a well in Xi'an in central China. These two men happened upon some pottery buried in the dirt. Unaware of what they were finding, the two men kept digging, hoping to find water. Instead, what they would find would be one of the greatest archaeological discoveries in history, the Terracotta Army. So far, Archaeologists have uncovered about 600 pits in the area in Xi'an where the Terracotta Army was buried. But archaeologists are having a tough time excavating the entire area. 
it seems likely that the reason for all this trouble is the tomb of Shi Huangdi itself. While the tomb of Shi Huangdi is still sealed, the soil around the terracotta army has very high levels of mercury. This correlates with what the ancient Chinese historians wrote about the tomb of Shi Huangdi, the rivers and great sea of liquid mercury. But this has made the entire area around the terracotta army incredibly difficult and dangerous to excavate. Perhaps one day archaeologists will be able to figure out a way to safely excavate the tomb. But with the river of mercury below the soil, it's too dangerous to excavate right now. The terracotta army is a unique archaeological find because of the fact that it disappeared from history. Unlike the pyramids or any of the other famous tombs around the world, the tomb of Shi Huangdi and the terracotta army are exactly the same today as they were when they were first put in the ground. At least as far as we know of. Perhaps some of the mechanical parts don't work of the tomb anymore, or maybe one or two of the crossbows have already fired. But as far as the terracotta army is concerned, other than some missing paint, it is exactly the way it originally went in the ground. And unlike almost any other archaeological find in history, minus a few statues, the terracotta army still remains standing in their original positions and ranks. Instead of moving the statues into museums, the Chinese did something different with the terracotta army that I wish everyone would do with historical finds. They left them where they were. The Chinese decided to build a museum over top of the pits that housed the terracotta army. While there are many pits in the area, there are three that offer us today the most information and help us to understand the ancient Chinese army, as well as battle tactics. The first pit is by far the largest. It's about the size of an airplane hangar, which is crazy impressive. The pit itself is about 210 meters or 670 feet long, and 62 meters or about 200 feet wide. It also varies in depth from around 4.5 meters or 14 feet to six and a half meters, or 21 feet. There are 10 earthen walls in the pits to help show the divisions of the soldiers. While there are believed to be something close to 6,000 terracotta warriors in this first pit alone, only about 2,000 are on display. All of the soldiers face east, guarding the tomb of Shi Huangdi behind them. The vanguard or the experts of the army, are located on the easternmost side of the pit. Close behind them is the main force, along with about 38 horse-drawn chariots. The main force is made up mostly of infantry. If this were an army of real men and horses, the ground would literally shake from their marching. In this first pit, most of the excavation is already complete. The second pit, on the other hand, has more excavation to be done, and is much smaller than the first one. This pit helps us understand how the Chinese would have lined up for battle. The second pit is about 20 meters or 65 feet behind the first one. In this pit, there are terracotta archers, both kneeling and standing. 
There are more chariots, more infantry, and a few other specialty troops. This seems to be how the Chinese would have lined up for battle. The archers would fire first, then a chariot charge followed by the foot soldiers. This would have been a very effective tactic against a defensive or fortified opponent. The archers would create holes in the opposing army, the chariots would charge through and create bigger holes, and cause the enemy to panic, just in time for the infantry to arrive. The infantry would then charge through the holes and cut down any opponents in their path. This second pit is what is most fascinating to me as a historian. Very seldomly in the ancient record do we get actual visual representation of how an ancient army would have lined up for battle. And who knows, maybe some more excavation in the area will reveal even more. The third pit is what would be known as the command center. This is the smallest of the three pits, and there are only 68 terracotta figures in this pit. Unlike the majority of the other terracotta warriors, most of these ones are missing their heads. Why? Who knows? Maybe just nature. But what makes this pit the command post obvious is that all the terracotta warriors in this pit are officers. This would have been where the commanders of the army would have come up with a battle plan for whomever they were facing, and issued out orders to each regiment and division. The Terracotta Army officially opened to the public in 1979, only five years after it was discovered. A few years later, in 1987, the tomb of Shihuangdi and the Terracotta Army were declared as a UNESCO World Cultural Heritage Site. The remains of Trajan's Bridge are also a UNESCO World Cultural Heritage Site. This officially brought the Terracotta Army into the modern world. But as more and more discoveries were made in and around the Terracotta Army, there were three other auxiliary museums opened there in central China. These museums allow tourists and amateur historians like myself to get up close and personal with the different aspects of the Terracotta Army. And what I love about what the Chinese have done with the Terracotta Army and I know I just mentioned this earlier, but they left the ancient artifacts where they were. They didn't sell most of them to museums around the world. They have sold a few, but most of them remain where they were. The Chinese did something very different than almost what anybody else has done when they've come across a historical find, which is exploited. The terracotta army of the first emperor of China is truly a wonder of the world modern or ancient. It is the only army of the dead, and it stands today where it always has stood, as a reminder to us of how little we actually know about the ancient world. Hopefully scientists and archaeologists will figure out a way to neutralize the mercury in the ground around the terracotta army and the tomb of Shihuangdi in order to open it up and explore the first emperor's tomb. That would be awesome. To see if all the ancient Chinese machinery still works, see if the crossbows actually still fire, and to see if the emperor's tomb is actually there. If a discovery like this does happen, you can be sure we will do an episode or two to catch up on that. But for now, that concludes our visit to the Terracotta Army, the sixth wonder of the ancient world.
For the next wonder, we will be heading even further away than China from the known world. We will be heading across the pond to the Americas, to central Mexico. Long before even the Aztecs arrived on the scene, one of the most impressive advanced cities ever existed. And at its center is a complex of temples which were the heart of religious practice and human sacrifice. So much so that we know this complex today as the Avenue of the Dead. Yeah.